So the big question is, how do entrepreneurs like us, who built our businesses from the ground up, who spend our own capital, who want to make a huge impact on this world while creating a great income? Those are the questions we will answer in this podcast. My name is David Asarno, and welcome to Get Naked in Business. I'm glad you're here. Now it's time to get naked. Hey everyone, this is David Asarno. I am so excited to be able to have the king of offer creation himself, Stephen Larson. Stephen, welcome. What's up, man? Thanks for having me here. This is awesome. <laughs> it's so awesome to have you here. Now, you know, one of the things we were talking before we started is you're such an inspiration to so many people in the funnel hacking world, and you are to me. When I heard your story the first time about how you literally came to Funnel Hacking Live with no money and you were sleeping in the lobby of a hotel. <laughs> just, I mean, it's people, people always think that I have to already have something to get started. And what you have is passion. You have drive. Yeah. Talk a little bit about that if you would. You know, it's funny is I was just queuing up a post for tomorrow about that very topic is drive, you know. Uh, it's no longer about what's the model, what, what is that I should be learning? What should I, I already need a list or I wish this tool existed. It's no longer about that anymore. All that stuff is there. It exists. It's truly about bringing to the table a bunch of drive and being willing to stand back up. And I think people, because the models are so easy. I mean, when you started, when I started with, there's not all the stuff there was now. There's all these helps. There's all these guides. None of that was there. There was nothing. There was nothing. <laughs> nothing. Right? I had dot-com secrets and that was it. I didn't have a ClickFunnels account. Just running and gunning, trying to figure it out and get smacked and get back up, smacked to get back up. And just that re relentless kind of attitude about it. Like, I mean, after a while, I just started telling myself, like, I'm not going to fail. I'm just not going to fail, which means also I'm willing to go through a crap ton of pain in order to get it, but I'm not going to fail. You, you, here's something that, that hits me and I'm going to bring up stories that I know that a lot of people may or may have heard of, but it glossed over, but there's little nuggets here. I mean, a lot, now almost everyone knows that you were hired as, as Russell's personal funnel builder, and it, it gave you an opportunity. But everything that you did, he didn't love, did he? No, for like a year. <laughs> so can mo Here's the thing. If most people were – and you probably had going through it, oh, my gosh, he's going to fire me. He doesn't like it again, and all I'm getting is criticism. Was stuff, was stuff like that going through your head? 100%. And you know what's funny? About three, four months into working for him – you know, I, uh, I got back to our little apartment my wife and I were living in and I said, I think I'm going to lose my job. She goes, what are you talking about? She said, I, I actually think I'm going to get fired because I just spent three days on this thing. I sent it up to him. I handed it over and like 80% he killed it. She's just like, oh, no way. I was like, yeah, I got to go in early tomorrow morning and like try and fix it or whatever. And so I would just do that. And it was time after time and, you know, only 75% destroyed this time, you know, then down to 60. And it was literally about a year, a little over a year. I walked in and we had switched offices and everything. And, and he looked at it, sent me. Anyways, I walked in and he goes, hey, dude, good job. I changed one word in the headline. And in my mind, I was like, oh my gosh, yes. You know, I was like so excited. And he's like, yeah, you did a good job. I was like, you don't know what that signifies though. <laughs> like you've been wrecking everything. And I was already... I was already a good funnel builder, but he was turning me into a marketer and it, it was interesting. Yeah. That, that's the big thing. By the way, that's the thing that most people don't realize. And I tell people all the time, Hey, you know, can you build me a funnel? And I'm like, yeah. And by the way, you don't need to hire me to build a funnel because anyone can build a funnel. Yeah. It's all about 
you know, understanding your message, making sure it matches your competition, understanding if you're going to be playing in an ocean, what that red ocean, what that means. And by the way, you, you talk about this a lot. Uh, here's the new book, Blue Ocean yeah, Shift. Good book. Uh, awesome book. So let's talk a little bit about that. You know, I actually use your explanation, so I'm going to let you explain it because I do give you credit. When you talk about it's not just creating a new blue ocean, could you talk about that shift and really identifying what you need to do and how you pull the people over? Yeah, totally. So when I first started building funnels, I began launching funnels by just doing that. I would literally just go build the funnel and I would you know, funnel hack somebody. And as I'd go funnel hack, I mean, I would just literally just recreate their thing pixel by pixel with the intent to go back and change it afterwards. But then what I did is I would look at the funnel and I would say, okay, I got the sweet funnel now. What product should I sell? And I would go page by page and create products based off of the funnel that I hacked. And I knew no different that that was going to be a setup for failure already. And then after the products were created and they were on the page, I was like, okay, how should I sell it? And then I would figure out how to sell based on the products that are on the page, based on what I had funnel hacked. Rather than, it's actually the exact opposite. I should first create a sales message, then an offer, then the funnel. A funnel is nothing more than a sales message and an offer. The fact that we put it on the internet is just semantics, <laughs> honestly. I, mean, you know, I can stand on the stage and I'm the funnel and deliver my message and give an offer. So if anyone sold anything ever, they had a funnel. It's just not built with much intent. So that's why they're usually bad. For a long time, I talked about how like start at the sales message. And I thought that was the beginning. But the longer and I went, in, you know, the more and more I went into it, I realized there's actually a bunch of stuff even before that, right? And, and a lot of this is actually out of my hands. And there are forces in the markets that are running around. And if I learn to catch the wave on one of them, you know, it'll make up for not having A-level copy writing. You know, it's, it's going to make up for me not being this beautiful, amazing, grade A funnel builder all the time. You know, <laughs> I started seeing that there are these people out there that are making a ton of money because of their positioning and not their talent. And I was like, wait a second, I am where I am because of talent and not positioning. Oh my gosh, and I started freaking out. And so what I started doing was looking backwards, what goes before the sales message? And it goes to this idea of the red ocean in the markets. You know, I don't wanna go too deep on it or anything, but it was fascinating. You know, I kind of describe it like this. Imagine that I'm gonna wake up one day, I'm living in a village and I wake up one day and I'm going to go sell my trinkets, you know, and I wake up, I put on my little goofy hat, which I don't know why I was imagining it that way, but I'm going to wear a goofy hat as a, <laughs> and I put my trinkets in a cart. Where do I push the cart? And most people, what I find they've been doing is because their product is new, they push it to a new place in the village, but no one's there Cart to where all the foot traffic is, which is the, the, the you know, this, the red ocean. Um, yeah. Too many times I've been focused on selling the blue ocean. The blue ocean doesn't exist. It, it doesn't exist. By definition, it's not even there. I love uh, Innovator's Dilemma where he talks about that. He's like, new markets, you know, can't be analyzed because they don't exist. They're not, yeah. yeah, they're not there yet. Yeah, yeah. He's like, suppliers and customers have to discover the market together. And so what I started obsessing over the past little while here is what do I need to understand about my market, which is really where the competition is, and what can I grab from that to use as a template to build a blue ocean and build a product? And that that's taken so much of the guesswork out of the game. It's, it's funny when I heard you talking, well, there's two things. One is I, 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 I spoke at national, I was invited to speak at the national speakers association conference about six years ago. And the cool. first book was launched and it's funny. 
I thought what everyone else was thinking, oh, we need to create a brand new blue ocean. Me too. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. like, so like I'm spending literally hours upon hours and days saying, what, what can I recreate? But as you just said, there's no one looking for this blue ocean that doesn't exist. It's not even there. <laughs> yeah. But it's interesting because I think that one thing that you're talking about is something that I didn't even realize it actually until just now. It's how I built a $45 million business when I was in corporate America. For, I built a new division. Yeah. And it, what I did before I did anything, I literally spent probably about four months studying my competition and knowing what all their strengths were and what their weaknesses were. Nice. And all I did, it literally, and all I did is I asked questions of the people who were buying from those people right there that I knew would scratch at the weaknesses that they had. So the customer Customers would offer up what the weaknesses were to me, and I just asked them a question. If you could have what you want and also solve what you're not getting right now, would you be open to having a conversation with me? They're like, can you do that? I said, yes, I can. Literally, it was that simple. I mean, it was, it was that simple, and it's what you were talking about and what's, what so many of these the, our funnel hackers aren't looking at is scratching it. But I want you to go deeper here in a sense that I want you to talk about how when you're going after this, this blue ocean that you've now created within the red ocean, why being a drug dealer is not just okay, it's a good thing. <laughs> Specifically that piece, yeah. I can't remember the name of the book that I learned this from. It's from a few interviews as well. Anyways, what I started re realizing is that there are, I truly believe that in order to be a good marketer, you can't not learn about behavioral psychology. Like the better you are at understanding why we make decisions as human beings, the better marketer you're going to be. So what I started looking at is how can I, I want this to be a very seamless transition from a dream customer buying a competition's product to transitioning into my product. And so there's a lot to that. I need to understand the history of the individuals as a whole. I kind of go, you know, one to many style marketing, you know, a lot of us do now, obviously, but so I look at kind of a whole generically, where are, what's the history of everybody in this who's buying this product? Why did they get it in the first place? Is it actually scratching the itch that they came in for all along, which a lot of times it isn't. But one of those pieces though was about addiction. And uh, the addiction thing is, it's pretty fascinating. You know, there's, there's four chemicals in the brain that cause the happy feelings. And I wanna see if there's a way I can keep those in the new thing that I'm building. And so it's dopamine, which is the chemical of distraction. How is it that they choose to get distracted? We all check our phones statistically, you know, 73 times a day. I don't even, I have mine's upstairs, so. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? It feels like an appendage, though. You're like, where is this thing? You know, and it's actually every time we go and we look at it, it's a dopamine hit. It's the chemical distraction. It's actually the easiest of the four to get. And there's lots of ways we all administer it to ourselves. And, you know, customers get it from, their, from those they're buying from. Oxytocin is the next one. So I think of dose, D-O-S-E. Oxytocin is the next one. Um, that's the chemical of a connection. And we crave connection. We will give up our religion. We'll give up our uh, relationships. We will do crazy things we didn't ever think we would when we don't feel a sense of connection to something in our lives. It's very powerful. It's also the hardest to get, although it's the one we crave the most, by complete contrast with dopamine. Serotonin is the chemical of status. And not necessarily like I'm better than you, but like a sense of self-worth. And that, that's a fascinating one. One of the easiest ways to give that in terms of uh, being a seller is identity. Yeah, you know, I'm 
I wear this hat because I talked to Tony Robbins on a couch for a while while he was wearing this hat. And I was like, that's so cool. <laughs> and I, when I got the hat, you know, same thing with like when we, when we close somebody in the logos, when we, I mean, anyway, it's, it's. Were you following fun. with Russell when he was just with Tony? It was just me and uh, one of the guys that was introducing me to him. Oh, very cool. Yeah, it's really cool. I got to chat with him for a while. And, and anyway, but I was talking about this hat with him, you know, and, and there's a sense of serotonin that came in with that. And it's probably about 30 minutes-ish. It was fun. It was, it was a really cool conversation. But serotonin, though, is really powerful. We give that to our people a lot of times through an identity shift. And then the last one is endorphins. Endorphins is the one of work reward. So when I'm running a mile and I get the feel goods, I get the runner's high, it's the one that I have to put in for in order you know, to get back out. That, an easy way to give that is through like success paths and check the box and here's your onboarding guide and I'm, I'm now onboarded, you know, and then uh, that's one of the ways we give that to people. But all I'm doing is I'm looking to see what they're currently getting those from. Oh, and I try and recreate those as best as possible in what I'm also creating. And yeah, it's pretty crazy. <laughs> now, let's, let's talk about crazy. When you and I were messaging back and forth, you've got an unbelievably crazy speaking schedule, travel schedule. It sounds like you're like a man on a mission right now. Yeah. What is your mission? What are you on a mission for? Because you're, you are literally a road warrior. You're live all day long. Tell me, tell me some of the cool things you're doing. You know, I don't want to get too philosophical, but like I, I actually believe that questions invite revelation. And if I intend on being rich, I got to stop asking broke people questions. <laughs> you know, <laughs> But that's true for anything. So I got really good at asking instead of how can I get a discount in life or how can I just barely get by or I just need a thousand more dollars in order to really make it this month. If I switch the question, I mean, I'm going to answer it somehow or die and I'm not going to die. So I'm going to answer it. So the same is true the other way though. How can I afford the most expensive experiences that this life has to offer? And if I just focus on answering that, I'm actually going to answer it also because questions invite revelation and I'm going to get revealed on how to do those things. I, I really believe that that this life is so much more malleable than we, we all think it is. I call myself the least likely success story. I was insanely overweight. I got kicked out of college because I failed out and didn't know how to learn. I had a pretty near clinical fear of speaking, especially with adults. I would walk the other way. Pretty much everything that I do now, <laughs> you know, and we were broke. Everything I do is the exact literal opposite of who I was even five years ago. And I had to create this person. And then when I realized that it was actually possible, oh my gosh, we, this is malleable. I, what do I really want? So the question that has been coming to my mind recently, what I've been building towards is I'm trying to answer the question, what do I want to design? And I know part of that is going to be buying and selling businesses. So my dream is to go head to head with Shark Tank and buy companies publicly on a show. <laughs> That's what I'm moving towards. So we're building structures right now. We're trying to find studio space and uh, we already have the name and anyway, trying to get it on Netflix and stuff. So that, that's what I'm going for. But it's so that I can use myself. It's kind of like, you know, like Tim Ferriss is the human guinea pig, physical stuff. I'm trying to be that consciously in the business, small business, small marketing world. <laughs> That's kind of what it's meant to be. Document the whole journey, the good, the terrible. Don't do that. That didn't work. And work towards the success, but really painstakingly open while I do it. I love that. And thank you, know? thank you for sharing. It made me think of something. Yesterday, I went to a conference. I'm part of a group called Entrepreneurs Organization, EO. Yeah. And uh, you should join, by the way. They had a conference here in Atlanta, and it was called Limitless. There's a bracelet that they gave to everyone, Be Limitless. Cool. And they had different speakers that 
it was literally just nothing to sell, nothing to learn. It was only to learn mind expansion. And the whole, at the end of the day, it was sponsored because obviously it's an entrepreneur. So it's sponsored by Maker's Mark, you know, it was one of the people that were sponsoring it. At the end of the day, they had a dinner. And before the dinner, they said, we're going to give you a bottle and we're going to give you, so put paper in there. And if you could create and be pretend 2019 is starting from this day forward. And you're, it was limitless what you could create. What would it be? Yeah. What would, yeah. what would you do differently? They had us write it in there and then in front of us, they sealed it in. So I'm literally keeping this here. So every time I talk with someone, every time I see it and I know in my mind what it would create. And what you were just talking about is questions create revelation. And then how you've had that shift I'm thinking at a different limitless level. Yeah, I, yeah. I just so align with what you're saying. I, I love it. In <laughs> fact, I'm going to give a little bit of a share. What you may not know, and I don't think a lot of people know, is that I almost I have sort of like a Shark Tank incubator going on with clients of mine that I have ownership in their businesses. Super cool. And so when you mentioned that, I love the idea of that documentation of the good and the bad and the ugly because here's the thing that everyone thinks because they, you know, just because we've had success, Russell's had success. Many times the first thing we put out bombs and I, I let people know that up front. The only difference is we're, I believe that the difference is we don't let that get us down. We're like, okay, cool. Let's keep moving on and figure out because we will make it work. So true. It took me 16 failures. My 17th is the one that made it in four years. <laughs> okay, say that again. How many? <laughs> it was about 17. It was my 17th try that worked. Okay. Four and, a half and, and the people who have the subscription and been paying their $99 a month for, for, for click funnels, how many people would literally let themselves fail 16 times and just keep going? I don't know because it's funny because like sitting, you know, one of my favorite stories Russell always tells is this guy that used to work for him before I got there. And after a while, the guy turns around and he goes, you know, Russell, I realize you're not that smart. And he was like, all right. <laughs> and he goes, all you've done is you're looking to see success and how it happened in the past. And then you just like pursue it. He's like, it's not a knock on you. It's just, it's fascinating to see. And I feel the same thing. I'm like, hmm, I just, I don't know. I'm not willing to give up and give in. I feel like if I give in, the only other option is having to work for somebody else or having to go in. It's just, it's, it's not even an option. I feel like plan B's are almost dumb. You know, they distract from plan well, A. Well, if you have a plan B, you're knowing that you have a plan B, you're usually going to default down to plan B and you're going to be satisfied because you, you said that this was my plan. Yeah. We live a life of what if rather than fear. You know? you know, it's interesting. I just did a part of this launch that I was doing. I created a, a quiz and I, look, I did, really spent a long time evaluating the different styles of entrepreneur personalities and why some succeed and why some succeed based upon the answers. And what I, I know I am, and you described Russell to a T is I called it a momentum driven entrepreneur is it's. And, and I have a feeling you're in this, you look for opportunities and where everyone says there's no opportunity, that's really where I'm going to go, where someone says this won't work and I'm going to prove them wrong. Russell's done that time and again. And I, the beauty in that is 
you know what? We don't have to be, I don't have, I'm not the sharpest tool. Yeah, listen, I'm a pretty good at strategy. I've studied psych, human psychology and what makes people buy from the time I was in my early twenties in sales, because I said, well, if I understand psychology, how people think, if you focus in on that, you're going to be more successful. I, don't ask me to code something really complicated. People on my team know how to do that. I don't. Yeah, I don't. Orchestrator than anything else. <laughs> Just gonna- I mean, it's really what you, you, when you look at what you're doing now with the, the clients that you work with and people, it's like the conductor. You're the orchestra leader and you know all the pieces that need to be in place. Yeah, it's so true. It's just a series of systems. When you learn what they are, you need to build them and launch. It's it gets pretty hard to fail after a while, but people are like, oh, I'm not good enough. You're like, yeah, duh. That's none of us were, <laughs> you know, I don't know how to do that. You'll pick up the skill on the way. Don't worry about it. You know, and just move. So you said that you're the most unlikely success story. And I like to say you're the most likely success story because of everything that you just told us today. I mean, here's the thing. You're an inspiration for, for, for me and people say, tell me that I'm an inspiration for them. And I'm like, wow, I'm just a normal guy that just had some success. And the thing you remind me is that I want to continually pretend that I have nothing because it makes you hungrier. Spot on. Okay. I've had the biggest fear. Okay. So I was talking about this. I just totally hijacked it. Is it okay? Go, 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 go. go. Yes. (laughs) Okay. So last year when I left my job, like I had no option. I had to figure it out. My back was against the wall. An environment has this beautiful power over us to do things we would not otherwise do or feel comfortable doing. Well, I'm excited. I, uh, you know, my business uh, is grown. I grew it from scratch, no revenue, nothing else. I mean, it's super cool. I think we did a quarter million last month, which was awesome. Super fun. And it's growing. It's getting bigger and bigger. And I'm excited about it. And like, but the problem is that fear isn't there. And so the thing that I declared on my, on my yearly, Hey, here's my goal for the next year episode. I always, I was doing it at the beginning of every January. As I said, the thing that's freaking me out the most is I don't know what's freaking me out the most. And so I'm like, crap, I got to figure out what it is that's like this, you know, because fear plays an interesting role in our lives. Some of it's destructive, but some of it's extremely motivating when it's the right kind of it. And I'm trying to make sure that there's always this situation scenario where I'm not like satiated, you know what I mean? And and I can just sprint at it still. And I think I know what it is that's doing it right now, but because I'm still running like I got nothing. What do you think it is? I think it's the fact that my event's coming up and I have a thousand event I have a thousand people or a thousand seats for the room and there's not a thousand tickets sold and Russell's speaking and there's all this like, and I'm like, Oh my gosh, this could be the biggest failure ever. Or it could be like in my mind, it is this massive thing. You know what I mean? It, it's freaking me out and in, in the good sense. And I am doing crap. I would not normally do and reaching out to those. I don't think I normally would do either. I was very introverted growing up. <laughs> well, here's the funny thing. Most people think that I'm like the most outgoing person. There's a reason. The reason that I work at my house, I have a virtual company with 22 people who work outside of here yeah. and my door's closed and I'm on video communicating just like this all day long. Yeah. You know, I know you. And so it was easy. It's easy to have a conversation with you clients. Right. It's, you know, because we're, it's a different thing, but mm-hmm. put me out. If you put me in a room, I'll just sit there and just observe people. I don't. I'm the same. <laughs> They're like, why aren't you yelling boom all the time, Steve? And I'm like, it's it's. I learned how to talk on camera, guys. Like I'm not, boom, 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 boom. You know. Anyway, but, but it's funny because I have clients that I literally I I help run their event. 
I was the MC before I introduced Devon to be their MC. Okay. I, I literally speak on their stages and everyone knows me. And they would, they would tell you that I'm the most outgoing person in the world. It's my job there to be the most outgoing person. Right. <laughs> right. I get it. But exactly. at the end of it, I need to decompress it and, and sleep. <laughs> I put these headphones on and I lose myself and I close the door and I just, I do, ah, and I breathe. And that's, that's it. Right there, you, have <laughs> you have these? No, no I've got the, um, the other headphones, but I just, uh, it's so funny though. I have to do the same. Like, why won't you come out to dinner with us? And I'm like, I'm going to go work with some slides or something, you know, a lot of momentum driven entrepreneurs are, I'll call it myself an introvert extrovert. I'm really introverted. I can do the extrovert thing if I have to. Yeah. And sometimes people think, oh, you're being standoffish. Oh, they're, they're, you know, whatever. Drew Manning, Drew and I were both speaking at a conference together and I interviewed him and I went up to him. He and I literally one night after dinner talked for a, a, over an hour straight, just about life, mm-hmm. you know, his back. I mean, the thing is I had people say, oh, you know, he's, you know, he's this. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, he's the most down to earth, nice, awesome guy. And it's just, he's shy. He, you know, he's not going to just walk up and say, Hey, I'm Drew. Let's talk. I'm not going to go, Hey, I'm Dave. Let's talk. You know? So, <laughs> so here's the thing. I have a, a link. So you're going to get me the information for your event. I'll get set up. And anyone who would like to go to Steven's event, go to this URL, Steven Larson rocks. Dot com and that's Stephen with a PH. So stephenlarsonrocks.com. They can have information for your event. So I want to leave today with a thought. And it's it's you started going down that path, and it's the direction that I want to I'm really contemplating on just like you are. If the rest of the year was limitless, yeah, what's one thing that you would achieve that you didn't think about before I just said that thing that just went through your mind when I said, if you could achieve anything that without limit this year, what would it be? For me, for this year, I think it would be, I'm right on the cusp. I can tell of building the actual business. You know what I mean? Where there is a sustained, (laughs) I have a sustained lifestyle you know, with the, you know what I mean? Where it's like, there's a, there's actually a morning routine, evening routine. There's where it's, it's running like a company. And I don't know how to describe it other than that, because making the revenue isn't that crazy. Now I'm building the systems to support it. <laughs> and the limitless part of it, I don't know. There's an image of it. I don't know if I could describe it. I know what it looks like though. And that's exciting to go build. And I think also has to do with me starting to make moves to build that structure in order to go buy companies. That's really it. I love it. Thank you, Stephen, for sharing your insights and the behind the scenes of who Stephen Larson is, the way your brain thinks and where you're going because you are an inspiration to so many. So thank you. My pleasure. Thanks so much, man.